This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I am so here. I've already been to the big Mill City Farmer's Market indoors downtown. I bought myself a bunch of oxtails. What should I do with them? You can text us, 81807. I'm taking recommendations. Right now, my mind is going in a very French direction. I'm thinking thyme. I'm thinking wine. I'm thinking maybe some smoked paprika in there. That's where my mind is at. But where's your where's your head at for my great oxtail splurge towards the end of the year? I'm thinking making some pasta sauce. I have big plans. Oh, I am so happy to have this weekend. We have just been cranking at work and now we got to the weekend and here I am. I got a cooking project. That makes me happy. I've got Robin Asbell at my side. That makes me happy. We're talking about that. She's got a new book. It is called Plant-Based Meats. It has introduced me to the concept of canned jackfruit. I had no idea people were taking jackfruits and putting them in cans. Who didn't tell me? Someone didn't tell me. I need to know about that. Later on, we're going to have Steve DeFilippo from Boston. We're going to be talking about Taste of the NFL goings on with him. So it's a good show. Mainly, I want to know what you're cooking. Text us, 81807. I want to know, oh, I just, why? Why do I need to know? I just do. I am greedy for information about what you're up to. So when I am not here on the radio, I am running around being a restaurant critic for Minneapolis-St. Paul magazine. And the trend of the last 18 months is just meat-free everything. So i got vegan restaurants here, vegan restaurants there. Get Ms. Vegan Rubens, vegan chili, everything. There's so much vegan fried chicken in this town right now. I couldn't even count it all. Um, and so why? Why are we suddenly having this vegan moment? A lot of internet, I think. But Robin Asbell on Trends, she has a bunch of books. I love her bowl grain cook. Like she has this bowls of food book that's really fantastic about kind of that contemporary way of throwing stuff on a bowl of grains. She is has my go-to kind of slow cooker grain book when I want to know what I'm going to do with bulgur wheat or something like that in a rice cooker Uh Robin is my source. I think she's been on the show at least half a dozen times, and she is here today to celebrate plant-based meats, hearty, high-protein recipes. Robin Asbell, welcome. Thanks for having me. All right. So, so many questions. When did you start this? Because you're so on trend. I can't even stand it. It's so acutely on trend. <laughs> I'm always I'm always ahead of the curve. Um you know, I mean, I've been into doing seitan and plant-based meats for many years as part of, I mean, I first wrote The Vegan, Big Vegan is my other big vegan book that uh, came out several years ago. And so I had a couple in there, but I started this book. I mean, I guess it's it, it takes about a year and a half start to finish. And did the publisher come to you or like, we need plant-based meats or were you more reading? It's a millennial thing, right? The millennials are the ones that want all of the... Um, 
you know, burgers and stuff, but they want them to be vegan. They are out there. Well, actually, and the publisher came to me, the the publisher Norton Countryman. I had done the Great Bowls of Food book with them, and they came to me and said, you know, we think this is the hot new thing. And I said, sure, I can do it, you know. So I do think that there is a young market that's driving this. But, you know, if you ask around as to who's buying this stuff, it's all all across the board. You know, there's people buying plant-based meats because they're older and they want to, you know, lower their cholesterol. Happened or, to Bill Clinton. He was a vegan for a while. That's right. And then he got all skinny and then he stopped <laughs> being a vegan. So I don't know. That's that. There's that route. Uh, you have all of the things in here. Let's talk about some of the strategies I'm very curious about – because you have like elaborate recipes of how to get to a beef-like substance. Talk, mm-hmm. talk to me about that. It's a, it's many steps. Yeah. I mean a lot of it is gluten-based. So, you know, don't fear the gluten. You buy your your vital wheat gluten flour and you mix it up basically a dough, you know, and it's really a dough. And I enhance it with as many umami – and flavorful ingredients, you know, to just make it as meaty as possible. And there's things in there like, you know, beet powder and miso and things to, you know, just meaty it up. And then you will, it's the shaping where you'll often spend some time, you know, to make something into sausage shapes or a ham shape or, a, you know, a chicken wing. See, and- now I thought that you, like old school vegans, were kind of disdainful about the young vegan need to make stuff look like a steak. It's There are, believe me, there are as many opinions in the vegan world as there are in the rest of the world. So, yeah, there are people no. who <laughs> there are people who are disdainful and say, you know, just give me my Instant Pot and my beans and my grains. But I see this as, you know, it's and a their brag amino acids. I know. That's and another story. Why? <laughs> there's this there's this product. If anybody has, has shopped in the hippie markets, there's this thing called the brag amino acids. I think they've been around since Woodstock era or maybe before that. And and I they're always appearing and I'm like always mystified when when they're in people's cupboards. Why? It's a soy sauce with the, you know, additional, you know, panache of being Free amino acids. Again, it's what that amino. What does that amino- even mean? I've never understood it. It's when you ferment any protein, you give it extra umami by breaking apart these amino acids, which your tongue senses as this umami, this vague okay, concept. Umami is this idea of things, are, or it's a flavor. It's the meatiness. It's the mushroominess. It's that. It's that other flavor that you identify. We don't have a word in English, so we went and grabbed one from Japan, I believe. So yes. umami. So umami is that meatiness, and you can get it from yeah fermented proteins. All of them, when they're fermented, you know the bacteria break it apart, and those free amino acids are among the chemicals which can trigger that umami sensation, and they don't have to come from meat. So that's what we've been doing to try and make things more meaty: is to employ various non-meat umami things and just amp them way up in these vegan foods because on a subliminal level your brain actually craves it it's your it's a delicious bacteria my brain is like (laughs) i'm a big fan of parmesan and salami and all those umami-ish things and so you can you can trick your brain or it's not really a trick but you know it it's it's your brain saying i want protein i want protein you know and so if you you will feel more satisfied by a meal if you have these umami things in it. 
All right. So you have you you know these this territory backwards and forwards, and so you know how to make a big a big old steak like thing. You got a whole sausage section in the book. Um, and then the thing that kind of and I pulled this out, and we have this on the website. Your recipe for jackfruit is funny. So when I was doing one of these vegan roundups last winter for the magazine, I called Robin because I was like, I can't eat these foods anymore without a guide. I'm I it's all, you know showing my hand. Like I was really finding a lot of stuff to be truly terrible, and I was just like, I need someone to come with me and tell me why I'm not. What am I not understanding? What is happening in all these very popular restaurants that I am um, uh, blind to? And uh, Robin came with me. We had a delicious dinner at a restaurant that doesn't exist anymore. Oh, no, it's back. Oh, it's back. Eureka, Eureka Compass. Eureka Compass Foods in St. Paul. And it was so elaborate and these jackfruit things. And I like the old school, school macrobiotic hippie cooking. Like when it's just straight up cabbage and rice and beans, then I actually like that a lot. I tend to like that better than the vegan corn dog situation because I don't trust the vegan corn dogs. At that point, I think that's just junk food. But anyway, so I grabbed Robin. I made her go with me. We had wonderful jerkfruit foods. I had made it more jerkfruit than I've ever had when I was working on the story. And I thought the whole time that people were getting these big honking jerkfruits that are the size of like a big chicken and cooking them. But now I learned from Robin's book, Plant-Based Meats, there's canned, 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 cans of jer- jerkfruit. Yeah, you just buy it and it's because it's when you buy one, it'll probably be ripe. It's sort of like when you buy a papaya and you want a green papaya for a Thai salad and they're actually too ripe. It's the same thing, you know, so they pick it and it's, you know, it's very unripe. So it's white and not sweet, you know, and so they just and it has this pork like pork shred texture. Yeah, it's very stringy, but not in a bad way. Like it's got a nice. It's kind of like pulled pork in a pulled pork kind of way. And so the main thing is you just you just cook it with some tasty sauce and mash it up, and it makes this pulled pork like product. Very interesting. And so you can use that and do what are some of the jerk? What are in your? What are some of the jackfruit uh, dishes that you're happiest? So we put the barbecue one up online. Yeah, but what the else barbecue? Do you- well, I've got a jerk one. I've got a barbecue one. And they're, you know, it's very popular to do in tacos, and you'll occasionally see oh, it. Oh, it's very popular in tacos. It's nice yeah. with all the tropical things that you get it with, uh, oh, you know, cilantro and avocado, jicama, the mango salt. Like all, it really works well with all those flavors. Right, and you know, everybody's crazy for tacos. You know, and you can, you it's can a taco really, year. And it's a pretty plain tasting thing. So any seasoning you put with it. I mean, if you want to go with Italian, you want to go. You know, Jamaican, whatever you want to do, you just put a tasty sauce on it, and it's like you got shredded pork with that tasty sauce. Yeah, that's why we needed you, Robin, to go into these things. So you have some stats for us. You know, the vegan thing is not just happening in the Twin Cities. It's uh, it's happening around the country. Yeah, well, this is a huge growing thing. As you say, it's on trend, and people are – the reason I made a book about how to make your own is because the uh, – Plant-based meats have skyrocketed by 24% in the last year, topping $670 million in sales. And uh, uh, worldwide, it's $3.3 billion in plant-based foods in sales. And these are all kind of these replica meats. Is that what you're talking about? Because it can't just be plants because then you're talking about potato no. chips and corn. Yeah. And- We're sa- basically, the well, when I'm talking about plant-based meats, 
uh, that's the six hundred seventy million, and then the plant based foods in general. That's like because you remember plant based milk ten years ago, all of a sudden went nuts, right? It's like oh, before yeah, that totally you never. Don't. Everybody's got a calcium deficiency now. See that? <laughs> <laughs> that's what. So the plant based milks. I don't even think they should even be called milks. See, this is now going to get hate mail. That's fine. Text me your hate mail eight one eight zero seven. I don't th- because it's not milk. It's just different kind. Of, it's like a peanut butter or almond butter. It's it's a uh, I don't know. It's it's I know it's it's interesting coming up with the words. I'm glad that my book, since it's all plant based, I didn't have to make up fakey words for everything because people will you know spell it differently. I figure if oh, the God. entire book is made up of plant based meats, I didn't have to call it you know b e e p h or something. You know it's beef. Or, you know so so don't sue me. <laughs> the meat people. And I don't think you can when it's a printed. Printed material like that. It's just when it's a marketed product when you've got almond milk on it. I don't know. Um, all right. So, Robin, plant-based meats, hearty, high-protein recipes. Where are where are you vegan people? Because I'm a big fan of beans and all the legumes. Where are the vegan people with that right now? Oh, it's it's still out there. But I think a lot of it is just they want some fun foods. You know, the the thing with going out and getting, again, your fried chicken thing, that should be a fun food, a treat food for people who are eating beans and grains. I'm hoping that's what that's all about. And people still want convenience and they want, you know, easiness and they want tastiness. You know, so the idea, because it used to be, you know, like you're saying, the macro thing, you know, if you just day in and day out just sort of ate your simple beans and grains that would be sort of ascetic, you know. So you yes, <laughs> it is. They're like monks, just going just along, quietly chewing thirty times every bite of food. And <laughs> so this is a little bit more, you know. It's a little fun. I think a lot of it is just really for fun. And I had fun sculpting little chicken wings and sculpting layers of red and white seitan to make bacon. It's kind of joyful and people do giggle you know the kids kind of get a giggle out of a tofu hot dog and I have a really good hot dog in there so and the you know events I've done where I've been sampling out the hot dog people do seem to have delight yeah I bet chefs are gonna enjoy playing around with this um I know at Nighthawks where they uh, uh when they took the trouble to engineer a carrot hot dog that just really took off people love them they're delicious and that's it. My goal all along, I learned a long time ago. I mean, I know the world is not going to come around and all of a sudden just drop, you know, plant uh, animal foods at all. But I've just been trying to make foods that are so appealing to whomever that they will just eat less. If, if that's where I am. I don't I don't expect everybody to become a vegan or change their hairstyle or buy the shoes or, you know, commit to a whole different lifestyle. But I would just like there to be a dent because it's not sustainable. We can't People can't just be eating meat three times a day or even every single day, you know, and, and keep going forward with this massive amount of it. So this is for some people. And then, you know, my beans and grains books are for somebody else. I've got a book coming out in January just about how to do vegan meal prep. And it's just all about how to cook your beans and grains and veggies on the weekend. All right, Robin, fighting the good fight. I appreciate you coming in here. This has been Robin Asbell. A-S-B-E-L-L. Always the texts are like, how do you spell it? What is her name? It's Robin Asbell. Plant-based meats, hearty, high-protein recipes for vegans, flexitarians, and curious carnivores. I like the sound of it. All right, Robin, congrats. Thanks for coming in and spending your Saturday with us. Well, thanks so much for having me.
All right, everybody, you want to text me? What are you cooking? 81807. We're going to come back. I'm going to have my top five plant-based meat. Got two Robin Asbel recipes in there. You're going to want to hear that, and that's what we'll do when we come back. Dara here. All right, so do I have a top five meatless recipes for meat lovers? I do. They're up at WCCORadio.com. We have the... Uh, you know, the new website, the new recipes, they look good. If you haven't poked around, you should. And here's what I picked. As you know, this is not really my favorite, but I do respect people that are trying to explore new culinary territory. Uh, Robin Asbell with her plant-based meat book, she's just been working hard trying to get us all to eat more plants for so long. And so, of course, I have her jackfruit tacos up on the website. It has to be my number one. So really all you need is a couple of cans of jackfruit, barbecue sauce, a couple of buns, you're done. I know this is going to be very popular with people who have like a vegetarian kid and you want to include them in the situation. Maybe you just make this all and it's in a one of the small crock pots at the edge of the buffet. Very easy. So that's up there. Now here's my favorite burger that doesn't have a burger in it, and it is just get a big mushroom and just cook it in garlic butter. Just garlic butter, cook forever. Now that is a delicious thing. Put that on a little bun. Wonderful. Maybe some fancy cheese. If you do it that way, love that. Way better than the kind of packets of burgers, I say. Now here's a nice meatless kind of weekday dinner. If you like eating an artichoke ramekin, who doesn't like eating an artichoke ramekin? Those are delicious. And this one is just kind of baked eggs, artichokes, Parmesan, kind of making it, cooking it up, have some bread. That's a delicious dinner. Lot of vegetarian cooking on the Indian subcontinent. That's what you do. And some of those uh, little fritters and different kinds of lentil meatballs, they are delicious. I've got a Good recipe for a uh, kind of a, a little lentil meatballs with an Indian fenugreek sauce. Very nice. Um, and you could also, you could kind of reverse engineer this. You could just make the sauce and throw some of those Ikea veggie balls in there. You could. You could be lazy. You could do that. That's all right. It's the holidays. You're busy. And then... What else did I put together? My last of this top five kind of meatless things, just things that are tasty and good, savory, that are also meatless. Uh, Robin Asbel, another classic recipe right from her website, an artichoke walnut tofu slider. So I, I like this very much. Artichokes and walnuts, I feel like together, that's a beautiful flavor. And uh, you could get some of those little Hawaiian rolls. That's delicious. All right, so these are all up on the radio Website at WCCORadio.com, and uh, they look good. I've also got a link on my Facebook page, Dara.Grumdahl. All right, we come back. We're going to be talking to Taste of the NFL's Chef Steve DeFilippo. Uh, he's on behalf of New England Patriots, but we are happy that he's going to join us. We're not. We are all happy about all the Taste of the NFL people. They do so much good work. We're going to find out what they're doing. Um and then we'll kind of check in with all the taste of the NFL, kick hunger challenge, all that good stuff. And that's what we're going to do when we come back. Dara here. All right. We are going to do a little ask me anything. Um, 
So what are you cooking? I am dying to know. I'm also looking for suggestions. What should I do with this whole bunch of oxtails that I bought at the farmer's market? I stopped at the Mill City Farmer's Market on my way in this morning. They were just setting up. It's an indoor market. I love that so much. It's in the Mill Ruins Museum, and all the bakers were there. Shepherd's Way Farm was there with their cheeses. Ames Farm was there with their honey and the candles. There were fresh Kind of, you know, like, a, what do you call sh- peas, like black beans and pinto beans? People have grown them, and they have it. They're just a couple months old. Not exactly fresh. They are dried, but fresh as those things go. It's just so nice to see everybody doing that work. All right. Um, here's what we've got. Hi, I love your show. I listen every Saturday while I'm in the kitchen. This week I'm making Amish sugar cookies. Oh, that sounds great. I love sugar cookies. I love this time of year. All the cookies. Later, we're going to make cheeseburger soup and white chili with pheasant. Oh, that's like a king. You're eating like a king. I love white chili with pheasant. I've never had it. I just love the idea of it. I love all pheasant. Pheasants are delicious. Mm, Oxtail soup. That's what I should be doing. Yeah. I got, a, I got a text. I do not understand why people who are against killing animals still want their veggies to feel, taste, and look like dead animals. I, you know, my friend, I'm with you. I don't know what the what the thing is either. I, you know, I am unfortunately, fortunately, however you want to, I am a, just a committed carnivore. I've been close to vegetarian for about a year of my life, and I felt terrible. And then ever since then, I'm just like, oh, I'm a carnivore. That's how it is. Oh, I got a question. Any good recipes for black-eyed peas? It's supposed to be good luck to eat them on New Year's Eve and day. You know what? Here I am, carnivore again. I was at Kramarchuk, that delightful deli in Northeast, the Ukrainian place. You go there, right? I go there. It's the best. They had a bunch of smoked pork hocks. You don't see those all the time. That is the classic. So just black-eyed peas with smoked pork hocks. That's like a – oh, that is that it just feeds the core of my being. I love that. But if you do want a vegetarian recipe for black-eyed peas, have you ever had Texas caviar? It's a cold salad with black-eyed peas and red peppers and vinegar dressing. You make it in advance. That is delightful. What a good thing, Texas caviar. All right, Texas caviar or just the classic hot black-eyed peas with ham hocks. Those are my top two there. Maybe I'll do a black-eyed peas roundup. Maybe that'd be fun. All right, we got a text from Keith in Bloomington. You listen to our sh- the show every Saturday. God bless you, Keith. Thank you. I need you here. I believe the nut industry chose the term milk because nut juice didn't sound right. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. That is very amusing. I am amused. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that would be not so great. All right, I've got a pot of lentils simmering. Haven't decided what to do with them. Any ideas if not soup? Well, the the green lentil side dish is always very popular. What else? You can make a lentil salad. I do not love cold lentils as much as I like hot lentils. I would say... Ooh, if you just this, could you do chili? Does that count as a soup? 
I know we got into a big controversy about, you know, whether bars are cookies, whether cookies are bars. Um, so if chili is not soup, but uh, uh, lentil chili is delicious. And you guys know that I love those books, The Chemistry of Joy, The Chemistry of Happiness. And the uh, author is from Minneapolis here. And he talks about how, you know, you kind of mix up your you should mix up your carbs, mix up your food sources, try to, you know, because you don't really, we don't really know what is in everything. I mean, broccoli has something like, you know, 500 healthy compounds in it. And, you know, same goes for red peppers, same goes for squash. We really, like, we know we don't know what's in lentils. It's like all kinds of good stuff. We're just discovering it. Um, and so I think that, you know, it's a really nice thing to do to make a lentil chili, lentil dal, lentil something or other, and then have that for breakfast sometimes. That's good. Oh, we got a call. We got a text. Controversial. Farmers markets are good, just high price. I couldn't disagree with that more. Farmers markets are not high price. I mean, some things are, but some things are a lower price. I mean, you can. Uh, when things are in season or I don't know, I saw a bunch of squash this morning and they were way lower priced than you're going to find in the grocery store. So I don't know. Farmers markets are good because then you support local agriculture. You get the fresh foods, you get the better quality foods and you get a community and you get to support the money. You put your money into your local community. It stays here in the community. Farmers markets are good. Do not – I know there's like maybe too many farmer's markets right now and I hear from people at the farmer's markets that millennials are not liking them. They think they're saving money at Trader Joe's. But here's how it goes. If you are only buying the lowest cost foods, you're going to end up with the lowest nutrient foods too and then you're not going to feel good. So, you know, you can you – can, Feed yourself way better by buying a couple squashes at the farmer's market than you can buying a lot of uh, highly processed foods at Trader Joe's. That's what I have to say. All right. We're going to take a little break here. Hopefully, we're going to come back and get Mr. Steve DeFilippo from the Taste of the NFL. We're having a little trouble reaching him. Hopefully, the phones in Boston are working. But we might just have an extra long time for a Ask Me Anything So you can text us, 81807. You you might even be able to call. We might be able to open up the phone lines, and that would be 651-989-9226. I want to hear what you're cooking. If you're doing kind of Christmas cooking, I want to hear about that. I love when people are cooking in advance. Oh, I want to know all about this. All right, so text us, 81807. What are you cooking? Maybe we'll call, and hopefully we'll come back with uh, Chef Steve DeFilippo from Taste of the NFL. All right, Dara here. I love the text line is filling up. Got someone who's cooking a pan of tomato zucchini pie for a Christmas party tonight. A tomato zucchini pie. That is a delicious thing. A good thing to bring. And a big batch of cabbage soup to help me cut calories in advance of the holidays. I love that. That's the Dolly Parton technique. Get those the cabbage soup going. Um, and then I got a question. Uh, have I ever made osobuco? I have made osobuco, delicious Italian peasant dish made with beef shanks, and you could use the oxtails. I, that might be the direction I'm going. And love your show. Thank you. Well, I love doing this show. It is very fun, and 
I love talking to Wayne Kostrowski, Minnesota hero. Wayne is filling in for Chef Steve DiFilippo, who I guess couldn't get to the phone right now. So, um, Wayne, you started Taste of the NFL, was it 26 years ago? And you have raised so much money. You have been the connector across the country. Thank you for joining us today. Well, it's great to be on with you. I'll, I'll, I, if I would have known, I worked out, would have worked on my Boston accent, but I'm going to skip <laughs> it for now. So, so um, tell us what takes. So you've grown this thing into a, a really formidable uh, place of doing good in the country. You make you know help putting food on people's tables around the country. Hunger is an enormous problem in this country. And I, I always think, you know, here I am talking about these oxtails I bought, all of these things. A lot of people don't have enough food to, you know, keep them going through the day. And you've been working on changing that, the, you know, all over the whole country. Well, this is, you're right uh, about, you know, some of us have uh, gather around some great meals and then others don't. But those of us who are so blessed that we have that opportunity, this is the best time of the year to be thinking about, uh, how blessed we are. Be grateful. That's the most important thing in life is just be grateful for today and everything that uh, surrounds you today. But it's also a great time to, you know, do something about it. Uh, you can go down and volunteer uh, at a food bank. You can volunteer at your church. You can, you can do lots of things, and particularly with your family, so that you're doing it as a, as a group and passing along those good feelings to, you know, the, your kids coming up and your relatives. And certainly when all your relatives come in to you know, gather around that great cauliflower soup or the asobuco or, or turkeys or whatever. Just we're not supposed to feel bad about the fact that we've we're blessed enough to have that. We're just supposed to be grateful and find a way to, um, you know, pass the blessings along to somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. And it does. It rewires your brain. I have a friend who's working on that right now is it a, tries to spend a few minutes, uh, you know, throughout the day just thinking of things to be grateful for, things that are beautiful. And it, it really does just change your outlook. It's been scientifically well, proven. And um, one thing you could do is go to kickhungerchallenge.com and look at, you know, all the difference you could make for all over the country. Well, that's uh, thanks for that. And that's exactly what people can do. The easiest thing they can do is, you know, whether they're sitting on the couch, sitting on the porch, sitting in their car, warming up or whatever. But, you know, if you go to kickhungerchallenge.com, that's an offshoot of Taste of the NFL's start back in 92. We wanted to find other ways other than people going to an event the night before Super Bowl in the Super Bowl city, other than, you know, not, that's a one shot. And we've done very well. We've distributed over $26 million and created over 200 million new meals. But um, Kick Hunger Challenge is meant for anybody, any listener. Go to that, pick on your favorite team, because each team is represented with a food bank. The Vikings are represented with Second Harvest Heartland. You donate, you know, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever. Every little bit helps, because $10 on average for the food banks we distribute to can uh, create up to 80, that's eight zero, new meals. So you can't, if you say, ah, it's only 10 bucks or whatever. No, it, it's impactful. Do whatever you possibly can to, uh, you know, find a way. So um, the, the Kick Hunger Challenge is, is exactly meant for people to, you know, uh, still understand that, you know, they have a way to help some others that aren't as blessed as we are. So that, that's a great suggestion. Yeah. And if you, you know, you went to you went to college in Arizona and you want to donate to Arizona, you, you know, you grew up in California, you want to donate 
you know, help out in California, you can do that. You could, you could, you know, divide your, you know, say you want to, you know, put 50 bucks and you could put it in five cities. I mean, so you really can make a, a big difference and it's a fun thing to do. It's a fun, it's a fun thing to do to call your friends and bother them and be like, why you're, where are you? You're way behind Colorado. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. You've got the concept and that's the beauty of it too, is exactly what you, you pointed out is that, you know, if you're from somewhere else, uh, and you want to donate to help families from where you're from or you went to school, yeah, that's, it's, it's, it's a simple, it's, you click and you decide. So it's a wonderful thing. But, you know, th- this time of year, uh, you know, thinking about food and uh, the, the main thing that I always think about in, in what our efforts are is that, you know, the one place where it brings anyone together uh, is when you have food on the table and you gather around and you talk about your day, you talk about whatever you want to. But if you don't have food to, to gather around, um, think of it. That, that What else brings your family together or your friends if you don't have a central uh, pivot point on there? And that's that's how important, you know, food for nutrition and everything else is the obvious thing and health, et cetera. But it also is the starting point of, uh, you know, pe- people, families, uh, you know, saying at this time we're going to sit down and we've got food and we're going to talk, talk about the day and share everybody's you know, good days and concerns and questions and move on. Yeah. And, I, and we've talked before, you know, Second Harvest Heartland supports all kinds of organizations with food, including Loaves and Fishes, which is a place where I volunteered. And that's a they have all of these different places where people who don't have food can get lunch. And, and so a lot of the people are that are in greatest need are seniors and they maybe are living alone and that might be their chance to see people as well as eat. And so that's a you know, and, and you just Second Harvest Heartland does such a great job in town and uh, so many different ways that they support hungry people. Well, you're, that's a very important point is that Second Harvest is the largest organization, central organization in, in Minnesota. But they they network and provide and provide, you know, food and, and product and, and opportunities for pricing and everything else to many other organizations around the state. And you mentioned Los Fishes. Uh, they've got a great organization. I was talking about, just forgot what her name was out oh, at Kathy. the Walk Against Hunger. Yeah. Kathy uh, Mays. Uh, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving morning and chatted with her out the, at the Mall of America that morning for the walk. And, you know, it, it, we, we also should be thankful and grateful for those great people that work in those wonderful organizations because, you know, you and I and others, you know, do what we can, but every single day, uh, they are dedicating, you know, part of their day and part of their lives to help others. And they're the ones that we should be tipping, tipping our hats to. Yeah, we really, really do. All right. Well, Wayne, I am tipping my hat to you. Thank you for joining us today on some short notice. Talk about all the good work you do at Taste of the NFL and the Hick Hunger Challenge. And uh, I hope you have a really good day. Thank you for popping on with us. My pleasure. And Dara, thanks for pointing out. I, I love your show because you point out all sorts of foods that sometimes we're just not even thinking of. And you go, huh, that would be good. So thanks thanks for keeping us uh, aware of lots of other things uh, in the world of culinary. Appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. We've been talk- we were talking today about canned jackfruit. You don't see that every day. All right. You have a good day, sir. <laughs> thanks, Dara. Have a, have a good day, too. Bye. All right. So what is happening on Off the Menu next week? Well, I will tell you, Fred Haberman, kind of a very big influencer in town, started a brand new company. It's called Freak Flag Foods. He's going to come in and talk about all the things he's doing there. 
We have Molly Miller from Sift Gluten-Free. She's going to talk about what she's been doing. A lot of people, uh, you know, with the holidays coming, you still want your cookies and your breads and your special things, but what if you're gluten-free? She's been kind of reverse engineering a bunch of that stuff. Very interesting. So I will see you here next week. But till then, you know, get your refrigerator cookie dough rolled up. Get your cheese straw situation sorted out. And it's just countdown now to the the longest nights of the year and the biggest feasts of the year. And I hope you have the darkest chocolate and the lightest hopes. And I will see you back next week on Off the Menu. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.